Speaking of, you're just talking about training. We can switch gears now. Uh, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about training because the last couple episodes I've had, uh, I, I talked about the different paths you can you can take to get to the airlines, whether that, uh, you know, you just do the raw flight school route uh, like you did, or you do a combined aviation uh, college program like I did and what Kellen did. Uh, or, you know, there's, there's the military route as well, which is kind of more of a rare thing these days. Not like it was back in the Vietnam era when you had a yeah. bunch of these pilots all of a sudden ready to fly, you know, and the war Most was over. Most of them were dead in training <laughs> right. than actually flying. So, um, and then I and then I talked about uh, my commercial check ride, and I think that was the last episode, uh, which was a very difficult one. So I, I just wanted to kind of continue that that theme of, of training and talk specifically about what we experience in airline training and what you can expect if you're thinking about a career in the airlines what it's going to be like to jump into training. So starting off, like you and I did, we, we got our hours. And then my story was I didn't really think I wanted to go airlines. I thought I was going to do cargo. I thought I was considering military or something different, maybe staying oh, in general aviation. beautiful face for people, you know, especially <laughs> when you grease that landing. Oh, that Gavin smile, those big blue eyes, and that nice tie you wear. Oh, oh yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to be an 80-year-old woman walking off your plane. Well, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> um, but you know, when, I, when I was first thinking about what I wanted to do, um, one of my buddies was telling me about his quality of life. And even though he was a commuter, he kind of convinced me. He was like, okay. And he told me, why don't you apply? And then I did. And so, uh, you know, you... Oh, like shoot, he, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. So your, your experience was uh, a little bit different because you had a lot of insight from your family or from your father. Um, but yeah, about that application process. It was, it was pretty simple with the company we're at right now, right? It was a very easy online application. I think it was... I seem to remember it was like upload resume... First name, last name, contact info. That was it. Why would you complicate a resume type portal? Hmm. Um, like even the main lines. They make it so difficult. There's it's so many insane. things to put in. The references yeah. are all over the place. It's and wild. It's not really conjoined into one solid, yep. like fluid, yep. new age technology. Now they're running on these like old IBM still. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it blows my mind. And they... Uh, no, I'm looking here at the two of us. There's, there's no pilot shortage in the room, but there is a pilot shortage out there. Sure. And yep. uh, why not make it easy? But yeah. I guess it also, in a way, feeds out the unmotivated, mm. if you will. Mm. So. Yeah, because it, it is a lot of work to put it together. But I, I will say uh, Republic did make it very easy. You know, their their application portal was pretty simple. And I, I don't know about you, but I heard back in a couple days later... Uh, saying, hey, uh, thanks for your interest. Can we set up a phone call to go over your logbook? Because they need to at least verify that you do have the required minimums, right? So, And better yet, any interview you also do or any application, follow up with an email. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And even, like, even when you're writing a cover letter, like cover letters that I've written, the, the last sentence, you know, the closing statement will be like, I will follow up to ensure my application has arrived or something. You know, that's really key. Because, yeah, we're, we're in an age where especially if it's electronic, it's going to get there, right? But it's it's the courtesy thing, the professional thing to do, and it looks good, right? It means that you care, you know, that you Absolutely. really want this job. Um, but yeah, that process, it was pretty simple, right? We, we uploaded our application, then uh, I had the phone call um, and, and went over my logbook hours. And then I think a couple days after that, they said, hey, let's schedule an interview. And I think one of the wildest things to me because I wasn't, I wasn't like you where I, I had a family with a background in, in aviation, right? For me to get 
an email and, uh, and getting this all set up for the interview saying, yep, here's your flights and here's your hotel and here's your schedule for the interview and this is what you'll expect. I was blown away that they would fly me up the night before the interview, put me in a hotel, and then I'd go for the interview and then later that day fly back home. I, that blew my mind, you know, that that's just to interview someone, that all of that was paid for. You didn't even have to pay for the accommodations. I only bought dinner that night. And it used to not be like that. Right. It's definitely changed. I believe at Republic, uh, some of these old guys were telling me they had to pay part of their type rating. I've heard of that too, yeah, which is wild. But it's it's a different world now, which is good because, it you know, flight training costs have skyrocketed anyway. So you imagine you add a type rating on top of that. Whew, forget it. That's expensive. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, the Gulfstream and hawker and globals mm -hmm. those type ratings are way more expensive than uh like a seven three or something really believe it or not yeah interesting why do you know why that is couldn't tell you <laughs> couldn't tell you my dad retired and i was like hey dad go get it like a you know a g650 type rating just go start flying again you know yeah he's just sitting at home bored now he's like what do we do with all this time and money i don't know um yep. so it uh you know, it, it, it is a cost, and if you can get the company to pay for some of it, like mm -hmm. our ATP CTP course that we right. got, mm -hmm. that's uh, I believe if you do that on your own, it's around six or seven thousand. Yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, yeah. I think the company would get like a discount rate. I think they gave us a statement saying this costs five thousand dollars or something. But yeah. yeah, it's not cheap. It's not cheap if you had to do that out of pocket. So, so I, I you know, that that whole process was pretty straightforward with the inter uh, or with the applying rather the interview how was your interview was it pretty straightforward <laughs> so <laughs> um i may or may not have known somebody that had some helpful questions mm. that were provided to me in order to better prepare a gouge if you will <laughs> and uh i remember sitting in the lobby downstairs and um most of the guys that came in for the interview stayed at the same hotel mm -hmm. So I'd see some guys and talk to them and be like, hey, so what'd you do to prepare? Like, are you ready? And they're like, yeah, 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 I'm totally ready. It's like, all right, let's sit down and like do some questions. Yeah. And they were just blank walls. Like couldn't even pry out an answer out of some of these guys. Really? And it was pretty rough, yeah. So, huh. um, you know, to help some of them as well. And they'd call me later and be like, yeah, I got the job. Thanks so much for helping. Wow. And it was kind of you know maybe on the skin of your teeth have they not helped and better prepared so that um, goes to show how kind of a person brandon is i'll oh, throw that out there I mean, this try, guy goes try. out of his way on interview day to sit down with some good gosh that's awesome it was fun look at this know, guy it's, it's a small <laughs> small group of people in aviation hmm. and you always have to be there and help each other prepare mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they have the saying in the air force Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. Okay, these are the keys of life, and this was rooted into my operating system at the age of nil from my father. Right, and uh, I appreciate it and I respect it. Yeah. yeah. So you want to go in prepared, um, right? And then uh, I I got one question wrong allegedly mm -hmm. in the interview, mm -hmm. and the HR guy was looking at me funky, and the pilot that was uh, leading the interview also kind of looked at me strange um i'm a scuba instructor okay and they asked me a question how long after scuba diving can you go fly uh -huh. i said well did you do one dive or like did you do two tank dive or 
you know, how long was your surface interval time? Mm-hmm. And they were just like, huh, what? <laughs> so if you don't need, um, you know, like a safety stop, you do a low shallow dive on one tank, mm-hmm. you can fly in 18 hours. Mm-hmm. So I told them that. I'm like, uh, news to me. Because um, so, the reg is 12 hours, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure what the reg is. Our company is 24. Oh, okay. Our comp- yeah, so, I think part 91 is, is 12 for the, the the shallow dives but that's interesting huh so they were they were kind of like taken <laughs> back by that yep. um but uh you also get a variety of very interesting open-ended questions mm. in the interview as well the dreaded tell me about, about a, a time. time yep yep these are either, <laughs> these are these can go very well for you or very poorly for you, depending mm-hmm. on how you prepare for them. Right. And that's the biggest thing you right. want to really focus on because you can memorize all these FARs easily and spit them out, right? Right. But story time, Gavin, like, yeah. tell me about a time where you had a struggle in your flight school that you had to deal with personally. Mm-hmm. And you would come up with something. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you want to give something that happened somewhat of a negative and come back of how you overcame and conquered and turn it into a wonderful learning experience for not just you, but the parties associated with them. Mm-hmm. And that shows leadership and all these other things that HR is specifically looking at. Right. And how you deal with problems. and Right. Um, because at the end of the day, and, and I told people this at the career fair when I was talking to a bunch of potential future applicants, that every pilot is going to have the technical skills they need. They're going to have the hour requirements. Can they fly a plane? Yes. What we really care about in the company is who are you as a person? What can you do to help this company? Because you're going to wear the uniform. You're going to walk through the terminals. You're going to be representing the company. You have to know how to be professional. You have to remember that you're a human like everyone else and people are going to come up to you. They're all stressed and they see you wearing the uniform. They see you have the badge on and they're going to ask you questions and they might be rude to you because they're stressed. And yeah, I could say that's at fault of their own, but sometimes, you know, having that travel stress is a lot. Well, we don't work for spirits. So it's much easier. <laughs> and, uh, and so you'll have people who kind of forget to have that human interaction and, and we would want to retort, right? With that same energy, but you have to remember that, okay, I'm the face of the company right now, right? And so that's what HR is looking for, is, is how can you be a face to the company? Kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness, exactly. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I remember <laughs> one of the funnier... My, my interview was was great. It was it was really fun uh, because the energy level of the, the HR person who interviewed me was just... It was really bubbly. It was a really fun atmosphere. And I... Sure, I had some of the interview anxiety, I guess, but it wasn't... Not intimidating whatsoever. No, not at all. And I had done a couple of air guard interviews in front of a panel of six pilots. That's intimidating. <laughs> and they're all like they're all just old like crusty guys. They're just looking at you with yeah. like their browser half over their eyes, and they're just like, all right, tell me about that. You know, it's it's very intimidating, you know? But I go into this interview, it's it's just the HR rep, the pilot. It's very bubbly, very warm. I... The fact that I don't remember some of the questions tells me it must have gone really well, right? Well, I'm here. I got the job. Um, one of the really funny parts of it were that uh, the, the HR rep will, will ask a bunch of questions, and then the pilot will ask a bunch of technical questions, and which they're, they're just trying to gauge you know, where you're at, right? Uh, and a, a lot of cases, they are aware that many applicants 
obviously have their instrument rating, but many won't even have their flight instructor instrument. And so they haven't flown instrument in a long time, right? That's that's some particular guys who did banner towing, right? Or or Brandon, the aerial Survey. surveyor. Daytime VFR, baby. <laughs> that's Let's it, go. Right? So some of the instrument questions might be a little, you know, hard to remember. But they they pulled up, and, and this was something I knew before, that uh, in the airlines we use Jeppesen Charts. It's a company that makes their own uh, navigation, uh, well, yeah, they're, they're navigation maps, but they're, they're charts for approach plates, taxi diagrams, things like that. And because if you're just training or doing anything else outside of that, the FAA publishes their own, and those are open to the public. You know, you can look at those whenever. But they actually present the Jepson charts in the interview. And I remember one of the questions was asking about, on an approach plate, was asking about the minimum sector or minimum safe altitude. And on an FAA chart, it will actually tell you the distance to the reference and whether or not that's a VOR on the field or a runway threshold or something like that. Or the ARP. Or the ARP. Now, the ARP, I don't ever remember seeing that on an FAA chart. I don't either. So it was definitely on the Jepson chart on this question. And I remembered, you know, he asked me, okay, what's this? And I said, yeah, that's the, the minimum sector or the minimum safe altitude within, because the Jeppesen doesn't show you the number, but it is always within 25 miles of whatever reference point is. And he said, okay, what's the reference point? And I looked at it and it said ARP. And I said, hmm. <laughs> Some people call it the ARP VOR. And I was like, that is not <laughs> I was, the case. I was, I was like, I... Airport I will, reference point. See, I didn't know that, right? So I was, I just, I said, and, and here's the thing in, in interviews is being honest, right? And she said, I do not know. I'd have to look that up. But I... Instead of just being down on myself and just saying, I don't know, I said, the first thing that comes to mind, though, is AARP, but I know that's not right. <laughs> so I brought humor into it. And the funny thing is the pilot who was interviewing me was a slightly older guy. And so he's like, are you taking a stab at me? Come on. Now. So it was just it was really funny moment, even though I didn't know the answer. I took the opportunity. And the HR guy's just typing away. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and we all just had a really great laugh. And so I think that was really key. And that definitely lightened the mood uh, and took away a lot of the, the interview nervousness, all the nerves, yeah. you know. And, and so if you know, not everyone has a, a bubbly sense of humor, I think most people who know me will know me as a pretty happy guy. And I like to crack a joke here and there when I can because that's just who I am, right? Uh, and so that definitely helps. But I... I will say that that was probably the highlight of the interview. It was a really funny moment. <laughs> so if you're able to, you know, bring in some humor to it instead of just saying, I don't know. And prepare in a mirror. Talk yeah. about these things yep. to yourself, to exactly. your friends, and mm -hmm. make flashcards. Or yep. um, go for an interview at a company you maybe don't want to get hired at as mm -hmm. your first choice. Mm -hmm. And either fall flat on your face and learn from it and do mm -hmm. better with where you really want to end up mm -hmm. and vice versa. So yeah. And one of my, uh, absolutely. One of my, my past episodes, I think I actually talked about it. Um, it was a, a former student of mine, Alex, who came up to the booth. Uh, we were at Ember Riddle for the career fair and we were, uh, we needed to fill, I forget how many slots for our cadet program, which essentially if you interview, you get accepted. It's, it's pretty much a conditional job offer with the airline so that once you get your hours, you can then, uh, jump right into the airline without, needing another interview and so I told him I was like hey you're qualified man you got the hours you got uh, the ratings and all that would you like to interview tomorrow morning and he was pretty hesitant and I, I remember him as, as a student too he was he was a bit uh, a bit nervous at times he was he was definitely uh, you know 
pretty opposite of me in that he was a, an introvert, right? He was very kind of a closed person, but he was he was very friendly. And I took some convincing, and I said, "Hey, man, just just interview." And I and I told him exactly that that you know, it could be a practice run. You know, it, it maybe you don't get it, but at any rate, it's practice. It's good experience because guess what? If you want any job in the world, you're gonna need to interview. So I, I convinced him to interview, and the next day he did, and then he texted me a, a day later, and he said, hey, I got the, the position as a cadet. I said, heck yeah. You know, you don't know until you try, right? I mean, you could, you could have a lot of doubt, but you won't know until you give it a go, right? Got to do it. Send it. it. Exactly. You know, Wayne Gretzky used to say, you miss 100% of the shots you, <laughs> you don't, don't take. take. Exactly. <laughs> So you and I obviously got through the interview process. I think they called me a day or two days later. Oh man, they left me on uh, on red for like a week, maybe. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you were on the edge of your seat for a little bit. They said they had a bunch of people that they were going through. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but we clearly got the call back, and we we got to, you know we got to choose some class dates. I had interviewed uh, July, I want to say, but I. I wanted to wait. I didn't want to jump right into it. I probably could have taken an August or September class, but I decided to wait until November, uh, which was 31st, our class date. I'm glad I did. Or 30th, right? Or 30th. There's not 31 days in November. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, November 30th. And uh, I'm really glad I did because it gave me time to have some closure with the job I was in. And then I, I essentially took a month off so that I could, I actually moved out of Florida. Who knew you'd be taking more months <laughs> off here? <laughs> I know, right? Uh and then, uh, and then I relocated and found a place in, in eastern Massachusetts where I still live right now. And, uh, but I'm, I'm also really glad I waited, too, because I've gotten to meet all of you guys from our class. And we have, I mean, I've, I've heard of great stories of, of good classes, right, that have a good, uh, a tight-knit group of people. But, gosh, I mean, our group, you know, we don't hear from everyone, but there's a core of that group that we're constantly in touch uh, on on. The WhatsApp group chat. Vincent, if you're listening, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Vincent. El Presidente. Um, we're, we're constantly in contact. It's great. You know, I've, I have I chat with you and Kellen on the phone a lot of times, and it's it's really fun. It's this friend group now, you know, and, and here I am just driving down to Providence to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's great. And uh, we'll be on FC View forever, and who knows where we'll end up in <laughs> 20 years or whatnot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, uh, and so we, we, we got the job, and then we went off to training. I had already touched on the CTP thing with Kellen. That was a whole story. Um, remember, we, uh, Kellen and I wanted to observe you and Trevor uh, on your, one of your sim uh, sessions because we were just going to wait otherwise. And Is that we, the one I got the barrel roll, the uh, A320? <laughs> yes, and was that the reason that it got stuck? Nope, nope. No, that, that was, was a different. Okay. Yes, I do remember the barrel because I actually filmed you doing yeah. that. I do remember that. Uh, and then, yeah, towards the end of the session, you were doing, I don't know, like C-Fit escape maneuvers or something. And all of a sudden, we were just stuck at like a 20-degree nose-high attitude in a 15-degree left bank. And the sim was just stuck. on. And, you know, these simulators, they're these massive boxes on hydraulic lifts, essentially. And so it was just kitty-cornered over. And it was funny because the instructor said, yeah, we actually might need to go out the escape hatch and use the rope. Because they, you know, they brief us if there's an event of a fire, emergency, Jokes whatever. Him. He was too old to fit through the hatch. <laughs> oh, man. I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. We're going to have to go down the escape ladder. 
but I think he made some phone calls. And after we were in there for 20 minutes, stuck in that position. Yeah, they just we, I think relieved the pressure and just dropped it. Yeah, and know. it finally came out, so that was good. But um, anyway, what I wanted to talk about was a little bit about what you can expect in airline training and talk about that. Um, it's it's different nowadays than than when your dad went through airline training, right? Because um, that was back, you know, when they still did everything part so 61, here's right? the difference, right? <laughs> so when he did airline training for American, they dropped a stack of manuals on his desk and said, know this in three months. Wow. Come back. That kind of deal, you know? Jeez. And now we have this wonderful program called AQP. Mm-hmm. It Advanced provides, Qualification Program. provides mm-hmm. pilots with a step-by-step kind of part 141 program to really dive in section at a time mm-hmm. of either systems or um, you know procedures everything like that mm-hmm. and it breaks everything down mm. the problem with that is if you're not already ahead you can very quickly fall behind mm. and I had uh, for instance my first sim partner uh, struggled a little bit and it was hard for me to really prepare for my future events mm-hmm. still trying to help teach him the procedures of the previous events mm-hmm. and it hurt me a little bit but mm. it also you know made me pretty you know on par with uh, everything that we had in the past which is cool right um, anyone moving forward into aviation if you can get some friend to send you like a systems manual of the airplane Mm -hmm. or some basic fundamentals of what you're going to be learning forward oh man that would really for sure help you out Mm. if you can just know and read and understand all the systems before you jump in to your every single day nine to five type classroom session Mm. um, it's just going to be amazing I mean even when I took uh, my math classes in college, I studied material before I went into class mm. and then asked the important questions that were associated with that topic at that time mm-hmm. instead of learning it for the first time. Right. And if you can do that and prepare yourself for aviation as well, you don't have to be like a superstar, right. but at least kind of have a good fundamentals. Get your like feet wet. Yeah. We had, um, for instance, our red box items mm-hmm. on our QRC. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to memorize a bunch of these. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we were going to have to memorize them anyway. Mm-hmm. So we all made flashcards. And, mm-hmm. you know, during Gavin's amazing cooking, <laughs> I would be sitting there in a the little lounge chair just yep. drilling in with questions and yep. multitasking and, yep. and being ahead of the ball game right. really, really helped. Oh, yeah. And with that being said, though, um, yeah, like getting getting your feet wet prior to going to training, because they, they do highlight this in the beginning. They say, you know, take it one step at a time. You don't want to try and jump too far ahead once you are at training because you can get a little sidetracked and detached from what you're working on. But, you know, coming in with some knowledge definitely will help. Absolutely. But I, and, and I do remember that, you know, the first week was pretty straightforward. It was the indoc, indoctrination. And it was a lot of just like, you know, here's your iPad, size you for uniforms. I remember you and I were like the last two guys. Yeah. We were there till like 6 or 7 p.m. getting our uniform sized. Um, Still doesn't fit. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, you know, here's our company policies. Here's this. Here's that. It was, it was pretty straightforward the first week, right? And then week two, some more technical stuff. Uh, we did a quiz, I think. After. Yeah, yeah. There was that's the thing. There was a quiz like every week, right? Yeah. There was there was a first uh, an FOM, a flight operations manual quiz that first uh, first week. Second week, 
I always forget what the name of second week was. Goes. Goes. Yeah, something. It's kind of an, ex- yeah. an extension. Is that the one of... we had to do the paper test? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, yeah. when I took in like three minutes. and then... I always, every single <laughs> test, I remember this guy, Brandon, would be up and out of there in like two minutes. And I'm here like a quarter away through the test. I'm like, what in the heck? And I, I've never been a fast test taker in, in high school and college anyway, but I, it always amazed me. This guy was out of there like less time, you know, half the time of me. And, you know, part of it is if it's multiple choice, I'm the kind of guy who will go through the test and then goes back through to double check my answers. There's no way that you did that, right? You were just like, boom, boom, no, boom, boom. I, I just knew it. You know, <laughs> why would you go back if you know it all? So yeah. not, not saying I was a know-it-all, but definitely over-prepared for every step of yeah. the way. I remember your, your test taking was it just it, it was yeah. a breeze for me to go yeah. through training. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you just like college course, you have to sit down. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in college, Consuela knew my name in the library, 2 a.m. Brandon, time to go home. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, all right. You know? So I was very devoted to my studies, mm-hmm. and I kept that same enthusiasm moving forward. Yeah. Um, some of the older gentlemen we had in our class haven't opened any sort of instructional book in a long time, and right. it was difficult for them sure. to really get through everything. Um, most of it was open book for the first two weeks anyway. Yeah, it was. So they were just kind of going yeah. through and, you know, looking up every answer right. versus having already read the material, and right. then, you know, because right. they would be, they'd go home to their hotel or whatever, and they would talk to their wife and kids for a couple hours, and then... You know, do whatever else to wind down. They're like, I had a full day already. And we were like, all right, when's, like, the studying coming? Like, yep. we need to dive in. Let's yep. do this. Yep. We were uh, focused. We were yeah, very focused. But yep. create a good group of people that are hmm. very motivated mm-hmm. to be on that same level as you. And you can bounce questions off of them. And It's amazing how much you don't think about when you bounce question off, questions off of each other. Yeah. If, if you're studying by yourself... You have this thought process where, oh, you think you're studying the right material. It's one-minded. It's one-minded. Yeah. But then the group think, you know, you get and together and, oh, my gosh. It, it It's insane. And I, they, they also say, you know, two to four people is a good group, right? Because yeah. more than yourself, right? But you go above four people and it turns into story time. Uh-huh. Because pilots, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that anyway. Yeah. But it was still productive story time. Because it'd be like, you know, someone would be telling a story. Vincent, you're one of the I got a better story then, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huge shout out to Vincent. He's he's Mr. Storyteller. Gotta get him on the on the podcast too. And uh you know, we'd be we'd be talking about something, you know, quizzing each other, and then it would just veer off <laughs> to but some healthy, story. You know? It is because it's camaraderie, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're getting to know each other, you're getting along, and it's fun. And that's what's so key is that, you know, going into this, oh, yeah, airline training, it seems pretty intimidating. As long as you put in the work like we did, it's it's fun. And I, I love flying the line, even though I fly the reserve. Um, <laughs> but I, I love going out there and flying. But it's a different setting because you're flying with someone new. It's a new crew right? every time, which is not a bad thing. But that training environment is so great because you're working with the same people every day and, and you're learning new stuff. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, does... Does Gavin ever get to the airplane? He's like, "What do I do again?" <laughs> I uh, I get to the airplane. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, it's been a while." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I definitely have to think. Dust about the crumbs off the <laughs> FO seat, you know, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, it's it's interesting because all all of my procedures and knowledge are still there, right? It's just the flow of them 
you know, one thing on, on the the FMC, the, the flight management computer, I'll forget to put in my PIN to sign off for the uh, the dispatch release, and then, you know, we'll get back. I'll be like, hmm, it's within 30 minutes. Where's our... Oh, whoops, I forget. You know, like, it's silly things like that that I'll forget here and there. Um, but it's not... It's nothing that would impact safety. You know, that's, that's for sure, which I, I would... I would prefer to fly at least once a week, you know, or at least once every other week. That would be great. Once every that, We're at getting least. too picky. You don't have the seniority for that pickiness, right? <laughs> God. Imagine being number 15 in base and still being on reserve. That's what I'm in right now. Wow. <laughs> but that's just the way it goes. What can I say? It's still fun. I, I wouldn't trade this for anything, you know. Yeah. How many hours are you at now, anyway? 350. Wow. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. I've flown... 200 less than 250 hours in the last 12 months nice <laughs> meanwhile we got our guy in our class freddie he just passed a thousand didn't he i just hit like 600 and you just so. hit 600 yep trevor kind of did the same thing you did i was like you know what old pay rate ah why bother working yep. long yep. call don't get called enjoy yep. life yep yep and then uh Trevor's got his upgrade class coming up, so I think he's probably pushing 900 hours now. Yeah, is he going to be the guinea pig for us? I, he's Yeah, he's got a later May class date, right? So I think he's the first one to upgrade. Because Freddie's too young. Isn't that his problem? Wow, what a problem. Imagine that, because you have to be 23 to upgrade, right? Yeah. And I think he's 22. That blows my mind. <laughs> that kid's young. He's the baby of the class. <laughs> oh, man. And so going back to, to, to training, the, the whole footprint, like we said, there was that first... First couple weeks, pretty basic. And then, did they send us home then next? Yeah. Each airline will be a little bit different, but for us, they sent us home for, I don't know what the acronym stood for, but it was called Ethos, where it's this application where you learn all your systems. And that was kind of the equivalent of your of your dad's situation, where it's like, here's your material, learn it. But it was in a very well laid out you know, program in order to help you learn the information. It, that my... voice got a little annoying hearing oh. about, according to system logic, the Embraer's fuel system, da, 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 according to system logic, and oh my gosh. My I will say that got a little annoying. Too, and he'd <laughs> hand me, he's like, here, go learn something. Just click through it for me. <laughs> and Because uh, we have to go over the same same videos like every sure. quarter. It's just yeah. cool. And, and, and when in doubt, if you don't know what it is, it's according to system logic. Uh, yeah. That is the answer. For the Ember Jets. It's according to system logic. <laughs> and in case you didn't catch that, it's according to system logic. I swear. It's just, oh my gosh. Smarter than you. <laughs> it, the jet makes you lazy, you know? It really yeah. does. It's the one thing that everyone seems to forget in this jet is the only thing that does not work according to system logic is if you land with icing conditions still existent on the ground to turn. You still have to turn it on. Ice on. Yeah. Because, override it because there's no automation right? once you land. Yep, that is that is the one thing that they tell you to do. I think that's the only thing that that's doesn't like the work only... <laughs> with system logic. It's a good point. <laughs> so we did Ethos. The first week was kind of the first round of going through all the systems. And then week two is go through it again. So you do, but at that point you got a better grasp on it. And they had an hour requirement that we needed to, or a recommended mm. type hour requirement right. in these videos. Right. And I remember I'd be almost falling asleep because it's so monotone. <laughs> you're just like clicking through, clicking through. Be you watch the same too, video dude. like three times yeah. over and you're like, I understand it already. Yeah. Come on. Yep. Yep. And it's hard because, you know, I mean, you got plenty of sleep. You'd got coffee in your system. You've got enough food in your st- and you'd still be wanting to fall asleep with the monotone voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which 
in their defense, I don't know how you can make systems training bubbly and fun. It's a lot of bland material, to be honest, right? It's a lot of stuff, you know, and so it can't, can't count it against, against them. It's, it's better than just taking a bunch of books on your own and trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like your dad had to do. That sounds awful. Or I wouldn't want to do a that. a textbook and just saying, like, well, here's this 300-page book, and <laughs> we're going to ask you five questions of stuff in the book. Oh, you're like, geez. wait, what five questions? <laughs> like, come on, guys, give me something. Yeah. Um, so this is more direct with right. AQP. We have a very in-depth layer of knowledge on all these systems through these videos. Mm-hmm. And then we have what's called the Aircraft System Manual mm-hmm. in our iPad. That covers a plethora more on each topic mm. if this and that and right. under these circumstances this mm-hmm. so um it was very very good information mm. and that's why i said if you can know the systems before you go in mm-hmm. during that time you can start preparing yourself for some of the actual procedural type things right. later in training right and right. uh kind of gear your studies where you're maybe weak on mm-hmm. versus always trying to barely keep your head above water. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so we came back from Ethos and our training platform was pretty wild because we went to the CTP course in Dallas uh, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Then Thanksgiving happened. Then right after Thanksgiving, we were at training. And then that was two weeks and that led up to Christmas Eve, the 24th. And then Ethos was, okay, so the, the schedule essentially said, yeah, you have Christmas Day off. And then the 26th was like, you have Ethos, right? And then, oh, wait, no. Ethos led up to Christmas Eve. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was. Ethos led up to Christmas Eve. And then we had Christmas. Christmas off. Oh. And then 26th was a travel day to go back to training. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so travel day 26th and I think 27th. You come in, 8 a.m., boom, you got a test on systems knowledge. And I was like, oh. That was Took a that one in three minutes, yeah, too. Of course he did. But the rest of us were concerned about this test. Because <laughs> we had some washouts on the previous ones. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Amazingly, it's... Andy, the director, knocked on the door, opened it up. Hey, yeah. so-and-so, can I speak with you? Yeah. And they never came, never came back. back. And that just goes to show that you do have to put in the work. You really do. Um, but when you do, it's like I said before, it's it's fun. It's not that difficult if you put in the work. Yeah. And and that, you know, going back to my last episode where I talked about how my commercial single engine check ride was the most difficult check ride I've had, I still hold to that. Because airline training, because of that AQB AQP program, it, it blocks it up into sections. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you reach your, your end of course, your check ride, it's it's not that bad at all. Yeah, a lot of it is, um, I hate always bringing up math, but (laughs) it's not easy or hard. It's Mm -hmm. clear or unclear. Hmm. You understand Mm -hmm. how to do things and what to do and why to do it and Hmm. whatever, or you don't. Right. So there's no like, yeah, maybe a little stick and rider here and there can be easier or hard, but you get the material or you don't get the material. Hmm. And it's a stepping stone to really get to that level right Mm -hmm. and in a multi-engine plane when you're paying a lot of money to get to that level you're like well let me just get it done with yeah yeah so i can see how multi was uh, a daunting task yeah sure absolutely and then if you had a uh you know 
flying like a King Air, where you can VMC roll it if a single engine goes out, right? <laughs> so you know, like like that guy, what was it, Bob Hoover, doing that crazy stuff in the uh, the Commander? Do you ever see those videos? Oh, yeah. He would shut both engines off and he'd do Just a Cuban eight. Like yeah. I was like, what? It's all yeah. about energy management. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know how you lose an engine and like. Mm. Uh, I don't know, Cessna 310, mm-hmm. you push everything forward. Right. Well, in a King Air, you actually pull the power back, because otherwise you're just going to flip. Right, right. So different planes also, you got to yeah. remember, you know, your root core knowledge of mm-hmm. just that memorization of mm-hmm. hand-eye movement and just memory. You can't right. always follow that. Right. Um, but they really drilled that into us flying the jet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think I could fly Cessna now. Oh, I did with a friend who's who's an instructor and it made me feel terrible yeah i felt like i couldn't fly i started coming in at 140 knots in the cessna (laughs) and you just start loaded all the way down yes flaring at 30 feet you know it's like oh no this is terrible i took my dad flying and he came in and he just i was like you're a little fast you should just chop the power he's like but we're at 200 feet it's just gonna thunk and i was like no no just chop the power it's fine it's fine (laughs) and uh, he just porpoised like five times down the runway i'm just (laughs) laughing the whole time so it's wild how you know i i was pretty competent when i was a flight instructor because i was constantly flying with students and then and they were always trying to kill you yeah so you're on top of it you know even though you definitely came in with way more stick and rudder skills than i did because you were actively flying I yeah, definitely you're babysitting. I was babysitting. So I was watching everything and and really picking up on all kinds of cues. And, you know, any mistake someone makes, I notice it immediately. And it's and then, you know, you go and hop in the flying seat and then you try it and then you're going to make mistakes. It's 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 a very humbling experience. We call so, it in the Sims too. Yeah. Uh, we call it the stupid line. Yeah. The instructor sitting in the back who sees everything, <laughs> the all-knowing. Yep. You know, he sees from five minutes ago why this is going to bite you in the butt. Yeah. And you're just sitting there fat, dumb, and happy like, <laughs> yay, everything's going great. <laughs> yeah, and then it comes to get yeah. you. But it's it's a learning environment, which is great. But yeah, I, I remember going, uh, I visited a friend out in California, and he's, he's flight instructing right now. And he uh, essentially teaching me stuff. I felt like a student pilot again. And for him, that was pretty wild because he remembers back when I was flight instructing and I would take him. He was the one who was nervous and uncomfortable because I was the one with the overbearing knowledge. And I was the one who was doing stuff that he was like, uh, is this OK? I was like, yeah, it's a Cessna, man. Wait, this, this plane only has one engine? <laughs> yeah. And, and then for, for me to go back and, and I hadn't flown a Cessna in over a year. And for me to attempt a landing, I mean, it was is a humbling experience. Attempt. I like how you phrase that. <laughs> Did he hover on the controls? Yes, that was oh man, wild. And, and it was it was it was great because he he thought that was pretty funny. You know, it, it was just a complete flip from where we were a year prior, where you know I'd, I'd we'd rent and I'd take him up and we'd do stuff and he'd be like, "What's going on here?" You know, you're talking about landings and uh, single engine practice environment mm-hmm. you typically do several right yep and uh for us now when you really really nail that landing you grease it where oh. you don't even feel like you're on the ground yet and then you're real gentle on the reversers mm-hmm. you keep the airplane up just a little bit like an f-16 and you're like <laughs> i am just king of the world man yep had one of those in atlanta pull up to the gate open the door turn the lights on Everyone's like, what? 
half the plane was still sleeping. I was wow, like, yeah, that's all awesome. right. I was that's, so happy. That is um, great. So you pride yourself on those landings. Oh, yeah. A lot more so than nailing something in a single engine. Yeah. And it's rewarding. Oh, yeah. I My my best greaser was uh, coming into New Orleans uh, late at night, and it was gnarly. There was one of those giant systems crossing the entire United States that we had just plowed through, so it was just a bumpy ride. I think we were going to Chicago and New Orleans bumpy ride the whole way there we're coming in it's gusty i think gusting 25 maybe 30 pretty much straight down the runway which does help for crosswind correction because there literally was no crosswind but it's weird energy management when you have that much headwind is bizarre because our ground speed was like 110 you know it's it's weird and i don't know how i did it but i pulled off it just like you know like like you said where it just i didn't i didn't feel the plane i just heard the wheels start spinning and then I hear the click, click of the reversers, you know, tell you you can pull them back, bring them back. And I remember the captain I was flying with. You know, I never hear anything. I got noise canceling headphones on. Wow, yours must it's be too good. Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, the captain I flew with, he, he wasn't the type that would give you any kind of compliments. He was just not that kind of guy. He was a really nice guy. I loved flying with him. He had some funny stuff to say, but he was not the guy who he never even said nice landing to me. All he says, we touch down, you know, we're still going to the rollout. He just goes, wow. <laughs> that's all I got out of him. I was like, hey, that's good enough for me. You know? Gibby can do it. All right. <laughs> and since it was such a bumpy flight, you know, everyone was awake to, to contrast your yeah. story in Atlanta where everyone's half asleep. But it, it was it was fun because I've, I've never had so many people look at me when you when you know you're greeting them as as they deplane i've never had that many people i want to say more than half of the people it was a full flight so 76 passengers more than half of them were looking at me and say hey great landing man i had a couple guys give me fist bumps an old just such a cute old couple hobbling their way up and said young man that was the best landing i've ever witnessed and it just it oh my god what a humbling experience the best landings are in the worst conditions too they really are and then if you get a really good one you're like wow text book yep. perfect like exactly. 10 out of 10 butter uh <laughs> nobody will say anything because yeah. smooth red yep and what i've noticed too is is more than half the people have their earbuds in they don't even look at you when they get off the plane you know a lot of times if you say have a nice day then they'll be like oh right you exist yeah thanks Bye-bye. yeah it's it's interesting you know we're in such this technology world where people are you know yeah, watching yeah. their tiktoks or the people or that do this and they're like um Wow, it was really turbulent coming in. Crazy. You, you really did a great job. It's not the old captain. It was pilot-induced turbulence. He was just freaking, just like spazzing over there the whole time. Um, you know, and, and that's what aviation's about. It's like the little wins here and there, the success, the fun, and the camaraderie. Absolutely. And we, we do pride ourselves on those greasers. But sometimes if it's a shorter runway, we can't. Like Hilton Head, you been in there yet? Uh, no, not yet. You got to no, plant it. Yeah. If hopefully you go to Hilton Head at some point, you'll be on a right base. Uh, I think it's three two. I forget the runway layout, but anyway, you're you're on like a, a downwind or a right base. It'll be a visual approach probably if it's nice weather. And I remember looking out. We were on a right base. I'm looking out. And I say to the captain, I'm like, am I looking at the correct field? Is that where we're landing? It looks like a stick in the grass. Nice. It is the wildest feeling because there are trees all around and then you just see this little strip of pavement and a little terminal with three gates it's wild and you do have to plant it pretty much right on the thousand foot marker otherwise <laughs> you're going around or going into trees <laughs> yeah there's uh 
Yeah, a few a few airports have been like that too mm-hmm. in a Cessna. Where, yeah. Um, there's one Mary Posa where there's this barn here and there's a ditch and then the airport's like on a hill, right? Oh wow. So you see all the tire marks going down on the yeah, barn yeah. on the roof oh, there. Wow. Or, oh my gosh. Um, over at uh, Krosky's out by Philly, mm-hmm. um, coming in in that skydive park that they have there. There's uh, you'd see where the caravan tires cut through the tree line. Oh. Yeah, oh sometimes gosh. you find branches when you land. You're like, oops. Someone <laughs> took that one with yeah. them. <laughs> a little yeah. souvenir. I had uh, one time, one of the girls, I was like, hey, I ripped off a nav light. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, it's probably in the trees over there. Oh. So I'm clink. Oops. Yeah, chopped it off. Oh, jeez. Yikes. Yeah, those trees will get you. Yeah, they will. So we can't hit those. That was a bit of a side tangent. But oh, uh, oh. back to the, the training footprint. So And then? And then right? So we you, you took that test for systems, right? And then, uh, you know, you took it in three minutes. <laughs> and then and then we did the, they always love making acronyms. It was the systems handoff into flight training shift. Right? Shift. Yes. <laughs> and that was where you had like an old Windows desktop computer running running a simulation program to start playing with the the guidance panel and yeah yeah, the cockpit all the you know you're interacting with stuff but you're using a mouse and it was just honestly for me yeah okay good i'm not the only one good (laughs) yeah and i think i was the only one that crashed it that one time too i I thought i put it on pause (laughs) and then it's quiet my speakers are on full blast the instructor's talking about something uh, terrain, terrain, pull up, pull up. Wah, 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 terrain, terrain, pull up. Crash. And I'm just like looking. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and we all got to pause and laugh at that. That was great. <laughs> so that that was, at least it was sort of good to get an understanding of the layout. But the fact that it was all, you know, jammed into a little 17-inch screen, a square screen, you know, your whole layout is all messed up. Because yeah. then when I actually started looking at the Paper Tiger, you know, to, to practice and everything, and then once we did get into the flat panel simulators, I was like, oh, okay. That's where that thing is. You know, it, it was it was much better. So I that's probably the only thing that I would say was... We did learn stuff, sure. I think the best part was learning how to play with the, the FMC in order to plug in a flight plan. Yeah, I think that was the cost of those computers yeah. versus the cost of a full motion right. sim or even even the flat panels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I understand why that way, because then that was a week, and then after that, then we went into the flat panels. Oh, sims. we got our wings. Oh, that's right. At the end, of the wing ceremony, yeah. which I had the attitude where, huh, they give me my wings before I'm even done. I know. I know. Which I understand why, because there's that's the, the last store was right there. Yeah, that's why. yeah. <laughs> And that's one of the last times that you'd be together in a group. Because after that, the flat panel sims, everyone's schedule's all different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they're trying to track down, oh, did you get your wings? You know, they just assume do it then. But I remember some guys in the class were, like, taking them out of the plastic wrapper and, like, taking photos. And I was like, nope, this is going in the bag. I'm not touching that until I pass this check ride. That was yeah. my habit. I don't know about you. but that My was dad my... told me the same thing. He's like, you got your wings already? <laughs> what kind of airline is this? <laughs> I like, oh. So I, I pocketed mine and kept them. I didn't take them out until I passed that check ride. But so then we we started the flat panel. I think my are still in the plastic. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> what are you wearing now then? Oh, you don't wear the blazer. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Who wears a blazer? Come I do. On, I like the blazer. Yeah. Do you wear the hat too? I do not wear the hat. No. See, when you have nice hair, you don't when wear you have the hat. nice hair, and and you know, I my bald line is even worse than yours, man, and that makes me nervous because uh, you got a couple years on me. I got a beautiful. Hairline. You have a beautiful hairline. Mine's starting to go backwards, so I'm gonna enjoy the long hair while I can. Then after that, maybe I'll wear a hat to, to cover the baldness. 
<laughs> it's, it's really to keep the cold air from blowing on the bald spot, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the flat panel trainers. Was that a week or two weeks of that? I think it was a week. I don't remember. It roughly. was about two weeks, two weeks because we had about six sessions. That's right. And it wasn't, sometimes it wasn't every day. And at that point... I had lost my sim partner, and so I got a new sim partner. I lost partner. my sim partner. You like, yeah, like there's all these weird changes going so on. So you start doing the flat panel stuff, and when mm-hmm. you're in the flat panel, you start really going through, okay, let's get this plane off the gate. And if you didn't get off the gate within 30 minutes, you were kind of like, all right, hey, what do you need, and what can we do for you right. to get you moving where we need you to be at this right. stage right because they're going to be investing a lot of time and a lot of money into you right as an airline at this rate right right so if you're really not getting it then when are you actually going to get it right and um, unfortunately that was a big step for uh washing people out mm-hmm. that the company didn't feel they belonged there and mm-hmm. didn't have that passion to be there mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. You, we had some washouts there yeah um, which was good and bad right uh it was super helpful though because you got this big old room and one little flat panel in there with all these rolly chairs and desks around. Yeah. So we'd all hop in everyone's flat panel and you know see what they're doing. Yeah. Look how they do the approaches and what yeah. approaches they were doing so that we can also look at those mm-hmm. and kind of get an idea and study and you know yeah. what buttons to push when and right. how to do it and right. lavas and yeah. all this stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. That, that was the great thing, again, going back to our class and how it was a tight-knit group. Like, anytime anyone texted each other, like, hey, do you mind if I observe you? We are like, oh, yeah, come on, come on in, observe my, my sim session. Because that's just, you're sharing the knowledge, you know? Yeah. You're, there's no reason why you, you, you shouldn't have someone over your shoulder. It's, yeah, I mean, technically, maybe there could be more pressure because you got more eyeballs on you, but mm-hmm. who cares? It's a learning environment, right? Well, that we way, couldn't for Jeopardy event. Right, right. Have. The check rides, yeah. yeah, those stage events, yeah. Um, you couldn't do that. But all the other sessions we did all the time, yeah. So so we got through that. The end of that panel session was the procedures validation. Yeah. So that's just kind of like you said. You know, we're talking about getting off the gate, and you go out, you do some stuff. Not as many system malfunctions because it's harder to simulate that when you're not in an actual sim- a full motion simulator. Uh, and then after that, we, we shipped off. All of us went to St. Louis, right? I believe so. Uh, yeah, I think so. So all of us went to um, to St. Louis to flight safety, and we, we did all of our full motion the stuff Crown there. The Crown Plaza. Oh, my gosh, the Crown Plaza. <laughs> they actually had a decent restaurant. It was good food. That was the only thing that was good. <laughs> it was funny. We all got our hotel keys at the same time, and we all kind of stayed in about the same area mm-hmm. in the, of the hotel, right? And I remember we all had a, like, a long day, and we all get in, and I just hear everyone start taking a leak i could just hear the toilets just going thin walls huh? yeah oh it, was, it was rough <laughs> that's hilarious yeah. oh man and then uh that was you know the, the full motion simulators you have the first session was kind of just like here do some steep turns learn how to fly the jet and then by sim two you're doing everything procedurally you know it, you're you're jumping right into it and at that point yeah that was a tease the first sim i don't yeah. know what was going on yeah there. i was like Wait, that's it. We're done. Uh, but then starting sim two, you're doing you're doing holding patterns. V one cuts. Yeah, you're and... doing all crazy stuff. So at that point, you're launching into it. And at that, you know, you need to have your flows down. You need to have those mem- those checklists memorized. And because uh, you were you were launching into it. Because if you were getting caught up with a flow or a checklist, you know that was gonna do you wasn't gonna do you any good. So at that point, 
everyone needed to have their their stuff together, you know, yeah. with, with all those flows. And then, uh, let's see, the first one in the full motion simulator was the maneuvers validation, right? Mm-hmm. So that, honestly, I think that was the hardest one uh, for me. Just because the, the check ride itself, and I'll talk about it more in a minute, but the check ride itself is just a flight from point A to point B. The maneuvers validation is doing Let's some crazy stuff. Let's see what stuff. you really know. Let's see how you know how to fly this plane, yeah. you know, maneuver it, right? And so... Uh, the two big items that most people would uh, struggle with were the V1 cut, which is you you reach your your essentially your decision speed, whether or not to take off or not. And at that point, your engine fails. One of your engine fails. and But you're at the speed where you can't, you know, if you tried to stop, you'd overrun the runway. So you're committed to the takeoff, right? That's what the V1 speed is. And so you take off, and because of that failed engine, you have asymmetrical thrust. So if your left engine fails, you're pulling to the left, right? And so you got to stomp on the right rudder, you know, to keep that nose straight. And then once you get up into the air, you got one engine that's throwing the air behind it, which means that wing's getting more lift. So now you got to have roll control as well. I mean, it's a lot going on at once and uh, it can be a little bit crazy. I honestly thought though, the, the harder part was coming back around and doing the single engine go around. That one in the practice sessions was a little trickier. They didn't have me do it on the maneuvers validation for whatever reason. I thought it was a required thing, but yeah. I guess it wasn't. Well, I had to go missed and I was like <laughs> autopilot on. The guy's like, nope, you're already hand flying. It's like, what? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> <Really>? man. <laughs> oh, cause I remember, you know, the, once you brought the power back and you were all configured on approach, you hardly noticed your engine was out. Mm-hmm. You're still going a normal approach speed. You're doing like 140, 130, 140 knots. And because your thrust is, you know, only about 50%, you don't really feel, I guess, what well, single engine, maybe it was 60%, but you don't really feel it, you know, because your engine's way less. And then you do a go around and all of a sudden you're at max thrust, you're at like 90, 92% or something. And then the plane just starts yawning and rolling on you. So I remember that maneuver was definitely tricky. And then the last one, the flaps up, slats up landing. Slat, flap, fail. Slat, slat, right, right. The slat, flap, fail. So you got fail. a tire rotation speed of 190 knots. Yeah. And you have a glide slope, uh, or sorry, a sink rate max of uh, 1,000 feet per minute. Right. And that stabilized criteria puts you in a position where you don't really flare your landing to make sure you're within the box, right? So you have to land within the first 3,000 feet or one-third, whichever's less. Mm-hmm. And out in Denver, long runways, high-density altitude, mm. I think we were coming in at like 180 knots. Yeah, the one I did was 186 knots. Yeah. That's 46 knots faster than you would normally fly, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, for me, like you had some turboprop time, so you flew a little faster at times. But I came from a just a Cessna. Yeah, you're Cessna cooking, to man. jet was like, whoa. Over 200 miles an hour? <laughs> it, was, it was a jump and a half. So that was um, that was a tricky one. I remember... Well, yeah, you could... You, you flare it just enough where you don't crash into the ground. Yeah. But you gotta land within the yeah. first. Yeah. If you do too much, you're either ballooning or you're taking off yeah. again. Like it's it's crazy. And I, I remember on mine, you're doing an ILS approach on it too. So you're you're in the soup. You can't see anything. And I remember I we pop out of the clouds and my uh, seat fill calls out the approach lights. I say continuing, and then he's got his runway in sight, like landing, and I lined up with the runway edge light. Nice. Yeah. So I was, I think, yeah, I think it was the right runway edge light. 
And right at about 100, maybe 90, 80 feet, I was like, oh, that's the edge light. And so while I'm still doing 186, 1,000 feet per minute sync rate, I had to whoop, switch myself back to the center line. <laughs> a good old side slip. <laughs> little, like, whoop, a little maneuver there to just kind of finagle it and then plop it down. And I, I remember it was a debrief item. The, 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 the examiner was like, yeah. You weren't on center line, but good catch, good save, uh, good job. Did he sit there and say, wow. <laughs> Wowed myself, right? Uh, so that was that was interesting. But I got through it, passed it. Unscathed. Unscathed. We and both were unscathed. That's yeah. right, because you, you could fail one line item and go back and repeat that one line item. Yeah, you know what mine was on the MV? Sat down right away. Mm-hmm. The guy's like, come on, let's go. Clear for takeoff. Let's go, let's go. It's like, oh, what? Uh, let me plug That's in a headset right. they, or something. They throw you in there real fast. And yeah. um, he's like, what are you waiting on? You know, I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> where are we? He's like, just take off. I was like, okay. You know, toga. Yep. Guy's like, toga set. I look over, it's like, I'm in green needles. Shoot. Click up real quick. Hit FMS. And the guy just pauses it. He's like, well, there's your gimme. Well, slew me back and wow. do it again. I was like, really? Come That's, on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was definitely, I felt that rush, too, because they're trying to get everything done, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. But the guy that I had, he he said, you know, take a minute or two, get comfortable, get yourself, get your seat all adjusted, and let me know when you're ready. So that that was way different than what you had. Well, my guy was also, he was cool, you know, yeah. and later he told me, you know, I knew you were going to pass, so I was just, whatever, <laughs> like, let's just go. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, duty calls. He puts the sim on no motion, the thing goes down, he leaves. Look at the other guys like, uh, does this happen often? It's like, I don't know. He comes uh, back like 10 minutes later. Sorry, that burrito. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. All right, my guy. Um, and right. uh, he only took that. us off no motion, right? So we're still flying. Yep. And so we're just flying around like, I don't know, doing whatever. And then it's like just droning. Oh, my um, gosh. But, uh, yeah, they do a lot of these. And the sim check airmen are phenomenal. Mm. And they know within the first five minutes of talking to you, just in the pre-brief, they're going to know if you're going to pass or not. Yeah, they definitely get an idea. If you look nervous and stressed out, they can sense that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, they do them like four days a week, three days a week. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. They're always doing Mm -hmm. these Jeopardy events. Mm -hmm. And for them, it makes their life really really easy and your life even easier if you know what you're doing going into it right right and uh, it's just oh, so smooth you know <laughs> yeah that's great and then uh so we got through that and then the last bit i think it was a couple more sim sessions and then you had the the loe the line oriented evaluation which is your check right and god bless you gavin for giving but us all was, of the info gosh, on all of these events. i was the darn guinea pig because with all the sim partner changes that i went through uh you got accelerated a week i did i moved up a week from what was originally planned so my check ride was january 29th instead of being like february 5th or 6th or something i don't know so i got moved up and uh i had to just go into it i had you know a lot of us will pass around what we call these gouges which are kind of what to expect a document that shows you what to expect on your check ride a lot of the information is really key so it just gives you an idea but the nice thing is in the pre-brief the the evaluator like walks you through what they're going to evaluate not quite as in-depth as the gouge will give you but at least you go into it kind of knowing what to expect and i remember the check rate itself 
was not that bad. It really wasn't. Compared to the maneuvers validation, I had the nerves because you're having to really fly the plane. Yeah. But in the line-oriented evaluation, it's pointing, it's pointing to point B. You can utilize your seat fill. You know, it, it is a, a, a PIC type rating, a pilot and command certified type rating. So they're expecting all that decision making, but that doesn't mean you have to go it alone. You know, you can CRM. utilize, exactly, you crew resource it. management. You utilize that guy in the other seat, and that's exactly what I did. So I remember one of the things we had uh, was you get an autopilot fail right after your first missed approach or something. And so now you're having a hand fly. And you're like, you're in control as you fly it. Yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's once we established, okay, now we got to go into a holding pattern. Where are we going to go? Well, we can't shoot the approach back there. We just had an autopilot fail, so we cannot do a Category 2 approach. So now we're going to divert to Milwaukee or whatever. I think we were trying to get into Chicago in the, in this, in the uh, example. Uh, and so once we departed the hold, I handed the controls over to the, the seat fill so that I could pull up my approach plate, get all squared away, brief the approach, then take it back. It was much, even though there was definitely pressure, you know, where, you know, simulating this where you got a bunch of passengers in the bag, you got to get to your destination or in this point, the diversion, right? Still make announcements. Uh, still make announcements, still pay attention to everyone. Exactly. So, yeah. but you can take your time, you know, versus the maneuvers validation, it was really chop, chop, got to get it done. But the, the LOE, as long as you're off the gate in less than 30 minutes and you got rolling, you know, it was... Well, how long was our block for good. it? I think it was like... I think it'd be two hours, at two least. Two-hour block, and I think we all finished within like an hour, ten. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty quick. And so um, I remember, you know, we touched down, we're still taxiing, and then... Uh, oh, and, th and that last little bit, they have a switch seats because they have to have you practice taxiing. Yeah. So then I'm like jerking all around because that thing's so sensitive, <laughs> the tiller. And then we, we pull up to the gate and then uh, park and brake. We run the parking checklist and, and the, uh, I remember my seat fill looks at me, kind of gives me this little nod. I was like, okay. And then the check airman looks at me and he says, well, how'd you think you did? Yeah. And I said, I, oh, terrible. It was no. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I, I said, honestly, I, I think I did pretty well. I think there were a couple things here and there. And he said, yeah, man, you did great. Good job. Congratulations. Gives me the handshake. It's like, yeah, let me take your photo. Da, da, da. Yeah, I, I never got a photo. Oh, you what. didn't? No, oh, I never no. got a photo. Oh, I saw everyone else post them later. I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> you should have asked. Cell um, phones verify off. It's in the checklist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he took my photo, and then we did the paperwork, and boom, we were done. And that was that. Was Beautiful that. moment. It really was, because then I was the first to leave. It was, it was this really happy, sad moment, because I was the first to get done, so that was a huge relief. And it was great to give a gouge to all you guys. You know, I, I wrote, I typed up my own gouge and be like, yep, this is what you'll expect, yada, yada, yada. But then I left and I, I left behind my crew of people. There was, it was so sad. A few tears that <laughs> night. There were. But we had, we had some, we had good time. I think it, it worked out where we had a bunch of people had some time off, like in between some sessions. So we were hanging out in the restaurant. Yeah, we did some and, celebratory events. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was, it was really good. So. But that's, that's kind of the, the footprint of training. I mean, it's like we've said, we've highlighted that as long as you put in the effort, mm -hmm. it's really fun. Yeah. It, it really is fun. And, and find a group of people that you can work with. Again, two to four, not more than four people, you know, and study up. Hopefully you get a hotel with a kitchenette oh. where you can be cooking. Saves a lot of well, money. That's... Holy smokes. Because, you know, we were able to walk to a Walmart or something and pick up a bunch of food. And then just cook, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, you know, and we're all trying to train to become wide body captains one day, but not <laughs> physically, right? So it helps if you definitely do some meal prep and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. watch what you eat. Yep, 
try and get the salad when you can here and there, you know, at least try and justify some of the other food you eat. <laughs> well, Speaking Brandon, of which, yeah. oh yeah, Iggy's is calling, right? Oh my gosh, so we'll wrap things up. Last thing I want to ask you, Brandon, is what advice do you give to aspiring aviators? Because I'm, I'm sure I've got a couple listeners uh, to the podcast who are thinking about becoming a pilot. You know, what advice do you have to give to them who are thinking about a career in aviation? If you love it, do not let anything stop you. If you find a passion for something, whether it's aviation or not, and you love it and you aspire to become that one day, Mm -hmm. do not let anything stop you. Mm. Put your heart and soul into it and hit the ground running. Absolutely. Love it. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It was awesome. uh, This was such a treat. But that wraps up this week's episode of Clear for Takeoff. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back next week, and as always, fly safe. Mm -hmm.